Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We are continuing our Last Word series today. And uh, ne- this time next week, we get to celebrate one of the most sacred uh, events in our Christian calendar of the year. We get to celebrate Easter. And uh, what are we going to do? We're going to eat Easter eggs, hot cross buns. Maybe we're going to catch up with family and have a feast together. Uh, you may be going away on holidays during some of that period of time. And we'll do all those things. But we know, if you're a believer in Jesus today, we know that Christmas is so much more than just those activities, right? It's so much more. It's when we specifically put time aside to remember Jesus, to reflect on what he did on the cross. Anyone with me today? To remember what Jesus did and how his death, burial and resurrection means so much for us today in our lives. And it's the, great, it's the event that changed the course of humanity forever. It's the greatest love story ever told. The greatest story of redemption, sacrifice, victory. It's Easter, it's Jesus the cross and it's also us. And so today, like I said, we're continuing our last words series and you might be asking what is what does that mean last word series well what we're looking at is some of the last words that Jesus said on the cross as he was dying and he made several statements and so we're looking at some of those statements that we that he made because I believe that they're important things and last week we looked at father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing you know Jesus says to God forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So what do we learn from this? What we learned was that, one, we are to receive God's forgiveness, firstly. And then, two, we are to forgive others like Jesus has forgiven us. And I believe that there's significance in these last words of Jesus. And I pray that today and next week as we continue and our Good Friday, that we would see the significance and realize and receive a revelation of the significance to our lives and to a world that needs to hear them. Let's pray. God, we thank you for our time right now. I pray that you would speak to us through your words, through the words of Christ, and through the Bible, and through the Scriptures. And I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Have you ever heard the saying, saved at the last minute? Saved at the last minute. Or, or, Or read a story about someone who was saved at the last minute. I was reading some articles in preparation for this message today and I, and I read one article about a man back in 2014. He had booked some travel on a flight to go overseas to fly from one location to another location and at the last moment he changed his flight plans from one flight to another flight. The flight that he changed from was flight, um, I'm just going to get this right, MH370 Malaysian Airlines. Does anyone remember that flight? That's the flight that took off and seven years later we still don't know where that aeroplane is or what happened to those people. That was a saved at the last minute. There's another story I was reading about. It was a woman running a marathon and she's, she's doing really well and she's tracking to cross the finish line at a particular time. Anyway, as she's about 500 meters, maybe a kilometer away from the finish line, she falls over, uh, hits her chin, and there's you know, blood everywhere. And so she has to pause and, and, and get a little bit fixed up. And so that delays her by about a minute, two minutes. Anyway, at the time when she was going to be crossing the finish line, two homemade bombs go off. 
and there are uh, three people die and then multiple people injured, tens of people injured. It's the Boston Marathon back in 2013. Her fall at the last minute saves her life. Last minute. Have you ever had something really good happen to you at the last minute? We're not talking about really bad things today. We're talking about really good things that happened to you at the last minute. I don't know, maybe you were applying for university and first round came, you didn't get anything. Second round came, you didn't get anything. I don't know if there's a third round, but let's just say in the third round, you finally at the last minute got an acceptance into a university. Maybe you're in your car and you're at a red light and the car goes green. And maybe you're a little bit of a lead foot and usually you would zoom straight away from that, red, that green light. You'd zoom straight into the intersection. But for some reason, this day you pause a little bit and as you are, were about to go through the intersection, but you're not just yet, a truck comes barreling through. And if you had been out there, you would have been T-boned and your car would have been written off. You were saved at the last minute. Or maybe you're on a waiting list for life-saving surgery. Maybe you need surgery for your liver. Your liver is is giving out on you and you need a liver transplant and it's not looking good. You know, you're, you're, you're days away from maybe entering the next step of life, but something happens and at the last minute a transplant becomes available, saved at the last minute. Some people even take this last minute approach when it comes to Jesus. Have you ever talked to someone about Jesus and they said this to you? Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to wait to the last minute on my deathbed dying and then I'm going to ask Jesus to save me. Has anyone ever heard that? I've heard people say that to me before many times. Well, today we're going to look at, one, at some of the last words of Jesus. The last words that Jesus says to a man who is literally in this situation and is saved at the last minute. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 23, verse 39, and we'll get started. It says this, this is Jesus, he's hanging on the cross, uh, and there are two men beside him. It says this, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and ask too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been arrested Sorry, you've been sentenced to die. We deserve to die for our sins, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Turn to the person next to you and say, today you will be with me in paradise. Turn to the other person and say, you too. You know, this passage of scripture is, is so rich. And so deep in explaining the what, how, and when of salvation. And as Christians, salvation is such an important um, concept for us to understand, such an important event. And salvation is the ultimate saved at the last minute. And it's one of the primary reasons that Jesus hung and died on the cross for you and me. And maybe today you're here, and this is the first time you're hearing this term salvation. Maybe you don't usually come to church and it's your first time here or you weren't brought up in a religious uh, home and you're wondering to yourself what is salvation what what does that mean well let, let me explain it to you today for you uh, well I'm going to explain it for you today or perhaps you've been coming to church perhaps you're on the other hand you've been coming to church for a long time since a child and so you know what salvation is but that's okay I'm going to re-explain it to you today as well because there's one thing I know about the cross and salvation we need to be reminded constantly of what it was that Jesus did on the cross, the price that was paid, the miracle that occurred, and the cost that it cost Jesus, and the victory that was won 
by Jesus on the cross. And I wonder if I can get an amen this morning. Anyone can agree with me today? This is so important to remember the cross and the salvation. So why is it important? Well, it's important because your, inter- your eternity depends on salvation. Where you're going to spend eternity after this life ends and the next begins, where you're going to spend eternity depends on salvation. So today, let me unpack the what, how, and when of salvation. If you're taking notes, I've got a few notes today, but just write these down. I think they'll be very helpful for you and also helpful for you when you are sharing the message of Jesus with other people to explain the importance and the what, how, and when of salvation. So one... What must I know to be saved? There's a lot of things you can know, but what must I know? Like, what's the essential? What's the, 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 the minimum? What's the vital? What's the crucial? What's the necessary things that I need to know about salvation? Hands up, how many people here today came here in a car? Yep, some people are not sure. You came in a car, let me tell you, okay? You didn't walk here today. You came in a car. So let me ask you that again. How many people here today came in a car? It's not a trick question. If you came in a car, put your hands up. It's not going to cost you anything to answer that, okay? You came in a car. Now, a car is a complex piece of machinery. We've got a, a man at the front here who has deals with cars all the time at uh, Euro Prestige Cars, Motors. $50 afterwards, Rick. Thanks, mate. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's a complex piece of machinery. You know, the, there's the engine. There's the brake system. There's the suspension system. There's the exhaust system. There's the electronics. There's all these different things that make up a car. But what must you know about cars? Well, one, there's a park brake. There's a steering wheel. There's an accelerator. There's the park pedal. And there's petrol. Like, that's pretty much all I really know about cars. And that's enough for me. Get this. That's enough for me to drive my car. That's enough for you to drive your car here today at church. So you can, we'd have someone like Rick who knows all about it, but you don't need to know all that. So the man died next to Jesus, he didn't know a lot. He didn't know much at all, actually, but according to Jesus, he knew enough to be saved. So some of the things that this criminal knew, he knew he'd face God after death. See, when the first criminal starts abusing Jesus, The second criminal says this in verse 40. Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? He's saying, don't you realize the seriousness of the situation that you're in? Don't you realize you're about to die and about to meet God? And one day, every single one of us, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, every single one of us will stand before God and give an account for our lives. And we can deny it or we can try to run from it. But the fact of the matter is that one day you will be face to face with God. And you may be able to run and hide from it now, but you won't be able to at that time. See, Hebrews 9.27 says this, And just as each person is destined to die once, after that comes judgment. After that comes a time where you will be face to face with God. And so, you know, you can skip or cancel a doctor's appointment or a dentist's appointment or some appointment that you might have to meet with someone, but you can't skip or cancel your appointment with God. The scriptures say it is coming. Everyone will die, and when we do, we will face God. What's the second thing he knew? He knew he'd sinned against God. Verse 41, we deserve to die for our crimes. 
his sin. He says, see, sin makes us criminals in the eyes of God. Sin makes us criminals in the eyes of God. Sin is anything that goes against the commands, the rules, the laws of God. Anything that exalts itself above God. And so this criminal, he acknowledges before Jesus that he had sinned by going against God's commands, rules, and laws. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible have to say about admitting we are sinners? It says this in 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. You might say to that, well, okay, but I've only done a little bit of sin in my life. Like, I'm not like some of these other people. I'm not like a bad person. I've only done a little bit in my life. So I should be okay before God. Well, have a listen to what James says, the brother of Jesus, James 2.10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Guilty of breaking all of it. So the Bible says, if you just break one command of God, you are a sinner. You are a criminal. You are a criminal. You only have to break one law to be a lawbreaker. You only have to commit one sin to be a sinner. The, the criminal said, we deserve to die. And in Romans 6.23, it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, we've actually earned death because of the sin in our lives. That's the reward that we will receive one day, death, eternal separation from God. But thank God for the gift of salvation. Thank God for sending his son Jesus to die for us. The third thing he knew was that he knew Jesus was more than a man. Luke 23, 41, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. When he said the Greek word used here for he hasn't done is the word zero or zilch or nothing or zip or nothing ever or not at all. He's saying he hasn't done anything wrong. Uh, listen to what um, um, King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7.20. There is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. There's not a single righteous man or woman on earth who never does wrong, who does what is right and never sins. But the criminal realizes that Jesus is more than just a normal man. He's more than just a normal person. He's more than just a good teacher. He's more than just a great moralist or any of those things. See, no man could live a life without sinning, but Jesus did. He lived a perfect, sinless life. So because of this, the criminal says he must be more than just a man. He also knew only grace could save him. Verse 42, then he said, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, remember me. See, the criminal, for this criminal, it's all over. Like, if we're living our life a certain way at the moment, we can make a decision to change our life right now and it can change the future for us. But the criminal, he's already on his cross. He's about to die. There's nothing left he can do. See, he can't save himself. He can't sign up to do a bunch of charity work, which will then make him feel better about himself or make up for his evil acts. He can't make excuses about why he did what he did, why he's where he is. He can't blame the government or his parents or his environment or his wife. He can't compare his bad acts of his own to other people's bad acts. He is where he is. He can't do any of these things. So what can he do? And what does he do? 
he throws himself at the mercy of God. He throws himself at the grace of God and says two simple words, remember me. It's going to be the simplest, shortest salvation prayer I've ever heard. Jesus, remember me. See, we can make salvation so complicated, but it's really simple. It's just simple. Jesus, remember me. It's, it's, and how does Jesus respond? He says, today I will be with, you will be with me in paradise. See, it's not the words that matter in our prayer. It's the heart attitude that matters to Jesus. See, the, if the, is the heart attitude right? Is it sincere? Is it earnest? Jesus says, yes, it's good enough for me. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. See, it's not your good works that are going to get you into the right books of God. It's not your good living that is going to enable you to get into heaven. It's none of those things. It is the grace of God. It is the free gift of salvation. You can't do anything to deserve this grace. It's a free gift from God. Come on, someone say thank you, God, for your free gift. He also knew Jesus would save him if he asked. Verse 42 again. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's really interesting what he asked for, this criminal. He's up on the cross. He's, he's dying next to Jesus. And what he asked was to be remembered. I don't know about you, but if it was me, I probably would have said, hey, Jesus, can you give me like, like a supernatural, extra strong Panadol so I'm not feeling the pain that I'm going for? Jesus, can you maybe help me to not die, to actually live through this cross experience? But instead, what this man says, he realizes he has a bigger need. He has a need more important than the pain. He has a need more important than the cross that he's in. He has a need greater than the situation or the circumstance that he finds himself in. And today, maybe you're in a situation, a circumstance, and, you, and, and, and God is saying to you, you have a greater need than that thing. You have a need to know me as your Savior and your Lord and Christ. See, he, he realized that more important than the cross was his deeper need for salvation from his sin. Acts 16.31 says, They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So, what is our assurance of salvation then? Let's just say we've come to that point where we've done all those things like the criminal, but what is our assurance of salvation? Like, how do we know we will be saved? How do we know that we will go to heaven if you believe in Jesus? How can we be certain? What is our assurance? How can we eliminate our doubt if we have any doubt. See, our assurance is not in our works. We've already talked about that. Our works can't save us. Our assurance is not in our feelings, whether we feel like a great Christian or we feel like sometimes we're not a great Christian because those things can change. Our assurance of our salvation is the promise of God's Word. The promise of God's Word. If God said it, I can take confidence in that. If God said it, I can be assured the word of God. And Jesus said in verse 43, Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. The kids could come. Four quick things about salvation and our assurance that we have been saved. Number one, salvation is immediate. Salvation is immediate. 
immediate. The very moment you ask Jesus for his salvation, you are saved. In that very instance, that very moment, you are saved. He said, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I invite you into my life. Whatever the words you say in that moment, you are saved immediately. See, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't say in two weeks. He didn't say once you've spent months and months in purgatory. He didn't say in in five years or a, a thousand years. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. When you die, you either go straight into the eternal presence of God or you'll go straight into the eternal presence of separation from God. We call that hell. But today, in that moment that you die, you will be saved. The other thing we know is that salvation is certain. Jesus says you will. He doesn't say, let me think about it. He doesn't say you might. It's a certainty. You will. Salvation is a relationship. He says, be with me. You can't be with someone and not have a relationship with them. So salvation is more, it's not about religion. It's not about rules, regulations, and rituals. It's about living, having a living relationship with Jesus. It's about communing with Him, talking to Him in your day-to-day life. It's about inviting Him into situations in your life. It's about coming to Him and asking Him for His wisdom. It's about when, you, when there's pain in your life, coming to ask Him for healing. It's having a relationship with Him. Let me ask you a question. If I'm married and the only time I speak to my wife is on Sunday mornings, what kind of relationship do I have with my wife? If the only time we're spending time speaking to God or praying to God is on a Sunday morning, I, I don't know what kind of relationship that is with God. It's day by day. It's a living relationship. And here's the thing, the relationship with Jesus doesn't begin when you go to heaven. It begins right here, right now. It starts here on earth. What defines a relationship? Spending time together, being there for each other, sharing your life, encouraging, building up, challenging, doing those things. That's how we need to be with Jesus. God made us for relationship with Him. And then the other thing is salvation is a place forever. He says, in paradise, it's a real place and it's forever. So three, when can I be saved? When can I be saved? That's the question. You know, as I come to a close, let me remind you, there were two criminals next to Jesus. Two criminals. One on the left, one on the right. Jesus gave them a choice, just like we now have a choice. The choice is ours, but there's only two choices. There's only two options. You can make that choice right now, right here. That choice can be made in this remaining time together. That choice can be made if you're listening to this podcast sometime in the future. That choice can be made. There's only two choices though. First choice, reject Jesus. First choice is to say, no, I don't want Jesus. I don't want the free gift that He's offering outrightly. Or to say by inaction, no, I don't want to do it right now. I'll make that decision another day. I'll wait to the last minute. But those two words, those two phrases, those two things is rejecting Jesus. You're saying, no, I don't want you, Jesus. And that's fine. That's your choice. Or you can choose to accept Him today. You can choose to say, I accept Jesus and His salvation. And you might be making that decision for the very first time today in this place. Or maybe you've said it before and you've said in the past, that's great. And I pray 
that if you've said that decision in the past, you're living a life for Jesus to bring glory to His name. That you're living a life that brings glory and honor to the sacrifice Jesus made, the price He paid on the cross. Here's the amazing thing about salvation. Here's the great thing about salvation. Yes, I come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm now going to spend eternity in heaven with God. But here's the amazing thing about finding assurance of salvation as being a promise of God's Word. Once you are assured in your salvation, that God offers salvation, and you're confident in it, the next thing you can do is you can be assured of the rest of God's promises in the Bible. See, if I believe that Jesus died and saved me, and I have salvation now, then the next progression from there is that the other promises in God's Word, I can be assured of them too. I can be confident in them too. Are you tired and weary today? Take assurance in His promise. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's a promise of God. Are you lonely today? Take assurance in His promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. A promise of God. How about this one? Are you a parent today and finding it difficult? Take assurance in His promise. Train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. Take assurance in these promises. How about this one? Are you feeling lost today like you have no direction in life, no purpose? Take assurance in His promise. I have a perfect plan for you. A hope for good and to prosper you and not to harm you. See, our ability to believe God's promises all begin at that first place, our ability and our assurance of God's promise at the cross. And if we would just ask Jesus today to remember us, He is faithful and just to keep His promise. The promise of salvation, the greatest gift that God has ever given us is a gateway to a relationship with Him. Luke 23, verse 43, as you close your eyes, and Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. God, I thank you this morning as we just remember the cross and we